This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Tour. Back again with you guys for another episode of the Arsenal News Show. Joining you every morning at 8 a.m., keeping you all up to date with everything going on in the world of Arsenal. Yes, the Arsenal transfer show has come to a sad end for at least another few months until the January transfer window and the lead up to the January transfer window. We usually kind of start them around a month before the window opens. Um, and we'll be doing that again, although saying that, that will be the World Cup. So, suppose the Arsenal Transfer Show will return partway through uh, the summer, winter World Cup. I'm getting confused with my seasons now. Um, but good morning, everybody joining us in the chat. Hope you're doing good. Hope you're doing well. Uh, for those that are new to this, uh, it's probably a slight, a, new, a shorter newsy section uh, and a lot more kind of discussion with you guys in the chat box. But there is still transfer stories to discuss. Certainly plenty of injury news and with how thick and fast games are going to be coming Plenty of injury stories, I'm sure, to discuss as we go through the season. Uh, good morning to everybody that's joined us in the chat box. Good morning to Jose. Good morning to Blackshine and Olu and Simon. Good morning to Kaiser and James and Martin and Matt. Uh, we've got Reese and Lynn, <laughs> who says, sorry, I got your wife's name wrong. It's fine, Lynn. Don't worry. <laughs> she took it well. <laughs> it was a very funny thing to open up in the morning, but we appreciate it. Uh, Stephen uh, Bagesh, uh, good morning to you, to Chima. Uh, to Sam and Glenn and Guna David and Bruce. Um, thank you so much, guys, for tuning in. So many more of you as well. Um, let's uh, Let's jump to uh, our sponsors as always make sure if you're not already buying your tickets uh, to the latest one which is still the Arsenal against PSV um, and the game in which hopefully we will see Arsenal pick up more points in the Europa League group stage but the trickiest game that we've got in our group uh, against PSV at home though away is obviously going to be more 
difficult. But I mean, this Rangers side knocked them out. So you'd think we'd have a really good chance of of beating and besting them. Um, moving forwards, uh, thank you ever so much for voting us for us in the FCAs. Today is the last day of voting, uh, I think, or maybe tomorrow at midnight. It's either midnight tonight or midnight tomorrow. It's difficult when they put things at midnight. You never know when they end. Um, but you can vote for us by going to www.votefortgt.com. Tag us on Instagram at the Guna Talk. It's uh, the relevant page on the Football Content Awards website or go to the website as well and vote too. Uh, yesterday evening, as I'm sure plenty of you joining me in the chat box this morning, um, we did our Gunas v Cancer live show at the Ridley Road Social Club. It was an amazing evening, genuinely such a, a great pleasure to not just chat Arsenal and chat about um, ourselves a little bit, which was, you know, talking about the stories, kind of where we are, where we've come from, things like that, um, but also to meet so many people Um I met so many people for the first time that watch the show that are in the Discord server. People, of course, I've met before at other live events. Um, and it was just amazing to meet so many people. So many people, thank you for the congratulations on the wedding, by the way. You know, I think I got more congratulations for the wedding in one night then than on my actual wedding day. So, uh, but it was uh, an amazing evening. Uh, some great guests. You can actually watch the live show back if you want to. Uh, if you go onto the Gooners Pods, which is the podcast that Mike, of course, does, you can actually watch back the live show. Uh, I might share that on our feeds after today's show. But uh, yeah, if you want to w- go and watch that live show back, you'll be able to do that on the Gooners Pod. But as I say, I will share that on your YouTube feeds from the TGT account. Um, now, Stephen Gerrard explains why uh, Douglas Louise was not allowed to leave uh, the club. Uh, he spoke about the fact that it was his intention, that he didn't want to lose the player. He was an important part of the team. It is certainly my understanding and that of a lot of my colleagues uh, that there is bafflement at Arsenal as to Doug- why Douglas Louise wasn't sold. The offer that Arsenal put in uh, of around £25 million in the end was a very, very fair offer, arguably overpaying for a player with one year left on his contract. And yes, it was a frustratingly difficult end to the transfer window, but Arsenal did everything they they, they could have possibly done to go and get um, Douglas Louise in the end after pivoting after Mohamed Elneny's injury. But it seems that Aston Villa, it didn't matter what they did. Uh, they were never, ever going to sell, which is a shame. But it is the reality that Arsenal finds themselves in. Um, Mikel Arteta also was asked about the transfer window specifically and kind of the disappointment around it. He said, no, we had a lot. Of, but he was asked basically on whether he's disappointed not in signing a midfielder. And he said, no, we had a lot of things still to do in the squad. You see the amount of departures compared to the number we have recruited. The club has done a phenomenal job and put everything on the table to try and bring in the players and the profile that we wanted. We did business pretty early, but unfortunately in the past 72 hours, Partey got injured in the same place as last time. And then Mohamed Elneny has a long-term injury. Then we had to react in the market and we tried. But at the end of the day, we have to bring in the player that we feel is right for the team and for the club. And we didn't manage to do it. And I think that obviously there was a price tag that they just weren't willing to go and spend more than. £25 million is more than fair for a player with less than a year left on the Nine months left on their deal. To be honest... Who knows? It could be a blessing in disguise that we didn't get Louise. It would have been a lot of money to spend on what would effectively have been a Mohamed Elneny replacement. Certainly not a a competitor, really, for Thomas Partey. It might turn out to be a bit of a blessing in disguise. We'll have to wait and see. Obviously, if we get injuries again or if Partey doesn't return to fitness as quickly as we would hope, we might find ourselves in a little bit of trouble but uh, hopefully we get some good news on the injury front very soon. Um, 
despite that, there is only, what, 10 league games between now and the January transfer window opening. Arsenal, according to my colleague Simon Collings, uh, who works at the Evening Standard, reported yesterday that there is an expectation that Arsenal could revive their interest in Danilo. This has been backed up by um, Kaya Kainak, my colleague at Football London, who also reports on this too. Uh, Danilo, of course, seems too difficult of a player to get done in the summer transfer window by the end, uh, playing in Brazil for a team in Palmeiras that didn't need to sell, didn't want to sell, and of course have got their responsibilities in the Copa Libertadores semi-final and didn't want to lose one of their best players for the tournament whilst pressure remains quite high on the ownership. So, there is an understanding of why that deal didn't happen, but because of his profile, because of that kind of their um, participation in that tournament being over by January, hopefully that means that their stance will kind of soften to the idea of Danilo joining Arsenal. And he, I imagine, will be someone that we look to target come that winter transfer window. Now, bad news, unfortunately, on the injury front. Uh, Mikel Arteta was asked about both Ramsdale and Erdegaard's fitness. He said, uh, those two are being assessed. We will see more tomorrow. Hopefully, they will be able to train with the team, meaning, of course, that they haven't yet. So they would have only had one training session before playing against Manchester United. They are looking like short-term problems, especially for Erdegaard, who was an impact injury in a kick. I don't know who it was off in the end, but uh, he received... A pretty bad kick, which unfortunately kept him out of training this week. Um, he did say that, unfortunately, with Alex Zinchenko, that's still not the case. He missed two games and has not been able to train with the team yet. So it seems surprising if Zinchenko will be involved with the team against Manchester United. Thomas Partey has a thigh problem. As we know, Mohamed Eni with his hamstring injury are also out of the game with the boss revealing that some pot uh, potential timeframes. He said, with Mo, it's probably going to be a little easier and we are talking months and uh, with Thomas, hopefully we are talking weeks or even shorter than that, I hope. So there is an expectation that potentially we could see Partey back uh, within the next couple of weeks or so. Fingers crossed. But uh, unfortunately, Erdegaard and Ramsdale have not trained yet. They could train today, uh, potentially. I would be surprised if Ramsdale isn't involved in the game tomorrow with a goalkeeper in that type of injury it's you can risk bringing them in because they're not doing kind of the high explosive sprints that outfield players are, but there is no need to take a risk. You know, Manchester United are going to be a very difficult test for us, more so than we probably thought, what, three weeks ago when they were losing to the likes of Brentford and, and Brighton. But it's important that we don't risk key players like Erdegaard to try and get a result in a game that ultimately we can recover from. And if it means that we drop points or we even lose the game, but we managed to like protect Erdegaard and get him available for, say, five, six, seven, eight more games than we would have done. I'd rather that over across a number of players than risk players and lose them for a long period of time. So for me, if there is any risk at all to Erdegaard, I wouldn't take it, especially when you've got Smith-Rowe, we've got Fabio Vieira. I wouldn't necessarily throw Fabio Vieira in from the start. I'd just out-and-out out switch Erdegaard for Smith-Rowe. There's also, I think, the scope to for, do a formation change if we wanted to. We could switch to a 3-4-3, remove the number 10 kind of player, and then put, you know, um, Tierney on the left wing-back position White, Gabriel, and um, Saliba in the back three, put Saka as kind of a wide wing-back role, and then have Smith-Rowe, uh, Jesus, and Gabriel Martinelli. Or you could do Jesus on the right and Ketia through the middle 
uh, and Martinelli on the left with Xhaka and Lukonga in the middle. You could do something like that. So I've written a piece that's coming out about kind of how we can react to Odegaard's injury. But either Smith or Alvieri, you would think, would come in for him or you can change the system. So I look forward to the game tomorrow. I'm going to the game. I'm going to be in the press box for the first time. That's going to be a great experience. Um, and I, it is one of those kind of career moments where I'm like, again, I'm massively grateful to everybody that's helped support me on this journey. So to go and sit in the press box for the first time and do work at a game is a genuine pleasure and I am not uh, taking it for granted. I know that it's kind of, I know the sheen has washed off that experience for a lot of journalists. I remember James uh, Benj, who was, of course, at our, our event last night, you know, was at London Colney for the press conference. And, you know, to me, when I went up to London Colney um, before the release of the documentary to sit down and, and, and talk to Aaron Ramsdale and Granit Xhaka, that moment was still like quite, starstruck if you like you know sitting down in a room with two players you've been watching on telly never seen in, uh, in kind of close range or anything you know that that was such a, a strange experience and it probably will be again going up to the press conference uh, the press box sorry on Sunday and I'm sure eventually that kind of aura around it will potentially lose its sheen but I I think I'll never stop appreciating how lucky I am and a massive thank you to everybody that's helped support the channel um so look forward to that it's going to be a long day of driving though driving up to Manchester driving back it's going to be a long long day but uh, hopefully I'll be driving back knowing Arsenal have won all three points that finishes the first half of today's show which means we're going to move on to the second part and of course your questions so without further ado let's jump into the chat and tackle as many of these as we can after this quick break Okay, then make sure if you haven't done so already to get involved with this week's competition link in the description, you can win a ticket to go see Arsenal against PSV and lots of brilliant instant prizes and do vote for us, of course, in the FCAs. All the information is on the screen or just go to www.votefortgt.com. Voting closes tomorrow at midnight. Let's, without further ado, though, jump into the chats and see if we can tackle plenty of your questions. Uh, Gunnarie Davis says, Louise turned down Liverpool. He did, indeed. Um, Louise was very much set on joining Arsenal. Um, it didn't happen, as we know, um, but he certainly wanted to make the, the deal go through. He wanted to do this deal. It's just frustrating, I think, for Arsenal that we were unable, ultimately, to get it done. Uh, and everyone is pretty baffled as to why Aston Villa were not more open to selling Louise at all. Um, Louis says, I think having Vieira able to play as an eight, he may start over Xhaka eventually, and Xhaka becomes our backup mid for Partey. Not the ideal position, but a solid pl uh, player to call on when injuries. Yeah, I think Vieira's versatility is going to be a massive, massive asset to the club this season. I think we're going to see him play right. I think we're going to see him play in the middle, potentially left, potentially at 10. Who knows where else he's going to pop up. So I think we're going to see Vieira playing lots of different positions this season. And his versatility is definitely going to be a massive, massive asset to the club going forward. Um, Lynn says, Tom, so if you were Arteta, what would you do if it was me picking the team tomorrow? And we're going to be doing a preview show tonight with the members at nine o'clock. I know it's a late one, but when you have midweek games, it's really difficult to try and do preview shows in, in the space of time. But nine o'clock tonight on the channel will be the preview for the Manchester United game. So do tune in or set your alarms for then. Um, with our members from the Discord server, of course. Hopefully a couple that I met last night as well. It'd be pretty great to see. Um, but what would I do? I think I would just switch in Smith-Rowe for now. I don't think I'd throw Vieira in at this moment in time. It's getting your debut, your first start at Old Trafford. 
it's not the best way to ease you into your first Premier League experience. I know there's the whole trial by fire or, you know, sometimes you need to run before you can walk kind of arguments, but I think I'd be playing it a bit more safe. Bring Smith Rowe in. Um, if Rams though isn't fit, then you know Turner obviously comes in. But other than that, I would keep it the same team that played against Aston Villa. Uh, I think that's probably the way in which we've got to move forwards is consistency uh, and hope, of course, that we can get a result. I said my prediction is a 2-2 draw. I would take that at this stage. I would absolutely take a draw. I think this game is more important not to lose than it is to win it, especially considering kind of our injury situation at the moment. If we come out of the, this game having scored points, I'll be very pleased indeed. Still, of course, would be joint top minimum, even if Manchester City were to win. So, yes, I think it's more important that we don't lose this game. Keep the unbeaten record going. Keep momentum pushing forwards and try and come out with as many points as feasibly possible. Uh, Yomi says, with United's defence looking solid and reinforcement at midfield, do you think our weakened midfield will get overrun? Should we be worried? We should be measured in our concern we shouldn't underestimate Manchester United I know they had a comically bad start to the season but that said you know the three games they've played Southampton I think they were lucky to come out with a win there I really do the Liverpool game Liverpool were bad really 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 bad uh, and Leicester Leicester were really bad I feel as though in that game against Leicester Arsenal would have put Leicester away by five six goals I really do they were so poor and arguably could have come out with a draw if they'd have been a little bit more clinical, but Leicester are awful. But I didn't really look at that Man United team and thought, wow, these guys are insane. Of course, Casemiro could come in for this game and start his first game as a Man United player. I'd be surprised if he didn't, to be honest. Anthony, probably potentially on the bench, could come off the bench in the second half. We'll have to wait and see. Um, but that's, you know, 120-odd million quid's worth of players that could come into the team. And we're up against Lissandro Martinez, who, because of the way we play, is quite well suited to this game. You know, for the ball on the floor, the way in which we play, hopefully he doesn't injure anyone. You know, we know what he's like. So we just got to hope we come out with something from the game uh, tomorrow. Uh, John says, are there not any free agents you would sign on a one-year deal or should we roll the dice on what we have? It's a good question. And I saw my colleague Chris Davison put a tweet out about Xhaka, is it? I believe the uh, the Lille midfielder. Uh, he, I think, is a, a former Lille midfielder. He's a free agent at this moment in time, I think. Uh, no club has taken him. He's 27-year-old Portuguese central midfielder. Is he worth going for? He's valued at around £8 million on Transomart. Look, if we weren't going to go and bring anyone else in on loan, I don't think we should go and sign anyone for the sake of signing someone. I know you talk about a one-year deal and all that, but Xhaka will be looking for a long-term contract with a club. I'm not sure he's going to take a one-year contract necessarily. He'll be looking to try and tie down his future. I, I just personally wouldn't do it. Um, I just don't think we need to sign for the sake of signing. If we you know, got to the end of the transfer window and we haven't done it, I too don't think we should do it. I think we can wait till January. We're 10 league games away. Wait till January. Push our luck a bit. And we are pushing our luck, you know, hope that Partey and Zinchenko return from injury as quickly as possible and, and move from there. I don't think we need to panic by and sign someone on a free contract. Uh, Paul says, hey, Tom, besides the outrageous fees placed on Douglas Louise by Aston Villa, do you think Villa refuse to sell because they don't want to strengthen Arsenal? No, uh, I don't necessarily think it's because of that. Maybe it is. I don't personally think it is. I just think they were determined not to sell. I think that it could have been any team and they wouldn't have sold, not just Arsenal. That's why I say no to the original question. I think Villa are quite 
proud in where they're at and what they are wanting to be. And if they're kind of seen selling one of their key players to a club that they considered a bit of a rival, especially last season when they were trying to kind of usurp Arsenal into the European places, I think that would be kind of looked upon as a as a sign of weakness. We know we've had the Smith-Rowe saga. We have allowed Chambers to go there on a free. We obviously sold the Memi Martinez as well. But I just don't think that uh, they were going to sell to anyone on deadline day at all. So, no, I don't think it's just Arsenal. I think it would have been any club in particular. Um, by the way, thank you. There's 700 of you watching, which considering the fact that this is a brand new, you know, the Arsenal news show, it's not the Arsenal transfer show because the window is now finished. Thank you so much, everybody that is tuning in. I'm going to tackle a few more, few more of your questions as well. So don't go anywhere. But thank you, everybody that continues to make this part of your morning routine. I promised that the show wouldn't be going anywhere. And it isn't. Um, of course, I will be on my honeymoon in literally two weeks today. So uh, I'm going to try and pre-record some content to go out whilst I'm away. I probably will do a reaction whilst I'm out there to the Brentford game. Yes, call me crazy, but I am still going to try and do that for you. But we are going to pre-record content. So it does go out at 8am. So some days, not every day, but some days you'll still have com- uh, some content for you in the morning to have with your Cheerios. Uh, let's go to Paul. He says, Gary Neville has complained about how much we've spent in the last two summer win. Has he? Has Gary Neville complained? What a surprise. Man United have spent a little a bit less the, than the total this summer. Why are the pundits so anti-Arsenal? Because it's fashionable, because it gets clicks, because it gets views. If you want to get attention, criticise Arsenal. If you want to become a bit of a pantomime villain, be critical of Arsenal. Whether you're an Arsenal fan or not, being critical of Arsenal gets your attention. It's just what happens. Because Paul, as you've demonstrated inadvertently by leaving this question, it's clearly got to you. It gets to me. You know, it does. And it's really difficult to ignore. It's just the game. It's just the game. Um, I think it was, was it Gabby Agbon Lahore that put out uh, a tweet when he signed his contract with TalkSport that said, like, thanking the trolls, I got this because of you. You know, he got that contract because of sparky moments. You know what I mean? Like these spark moments that, create viral clips if you want to get if you want to do it if you want to compromise what you genuinely believe in and what you genuinely think and I genuinely believe that people like Gabby O'Bonnell are doing that with some of their opinions and are you know exaggerating them or are going against what they really believe to kind of create these viral clips like Richard Keys you know I don't think that Richard Keys necessarily believes that the the celebrations are as embarrassing. He might look down and go, yeah, you know, I'm not really a big fan of that or I'm not really a big fan of Arteta. But I don't actually believe he hates the celebrations as much as he's letting on. But they know that if you say that and clip it, it's going to go viral. It's going to get people talking. It's just part and parcel of what happens. So pundits, I don't think genuinely hate Arsenal. There is a historic hatred for the club. Uh, it just exists. Research it. It's worth looking into. Arsenal aren't one of the most well-liked clubs uh, in the world at all, just the way it's been for a very, very long time. Um, but it's mainly because it's, it's just pretty easy to get clicks and clips and views uh, by criticising Arsenal. It's just part of the, it is the game. It's part of the game. Um, let's go to Dominic, who says, am I the only one who feels more excited about Fabio Vieira playing rather than Smith-Rowe? No, I actually am. You know, I'm really excited about seeing what Vieira can bring to the team. But Smith-Rowe is the more natural fit right now, just while we bed uh, Vieira in, in the Europa League games. I expect Europa League 
to start Vieira, to get opportunities for Marquinhos, for Enketia to start. Rob Holding's going to come in. Cedric's probably going to come in. Tommy Asu could come in. Um, in. Midfield, we are a bit short. Who knows? Maybe one of the youngsters like Matt Smith will play and get some opportunities. We'll have to wait and see. Um, who else might be involved? Smith Rowe, you would expect to also, you know, be involved in some way, shape or form. I expect probably some of the starting 11 still to play like Xhaka, like Gabriel, potentially. We will start some some first team players. I wouldn't be surprised if we do that. Martinelli might come off the bench as might Jesus. So I think that there will happen. But at the moment, you should be you should be excited about, you know, Fabio Vieira. A uh, couple more minutes. Frantisek says, Tom, it's funny hearing United fans be so cocky again after two lucky wins while they struggled to complete three to five successful passes in a row. But all you can hear is how delusional our fan base is. Look, Frantisek, and first of all, thank you so much for the donation. That's very kind. Um, whilst you're right, we need to be measured because if we lose tomorrow, goodness me, the mood's going to change around this club very quickly. Very, very quickly. That's why I said that it is more important that we don't lose the game tomorrow than it is to win it. Tactfully, in terms of momentum, in terms of the mood, especially after a disappointing end to the transfer window, for me, is so key that we don't lose this game. If we can try and win it, amazing. Great. Go do it. But you need to make sure we don't lose it. That game we lost at Old Trafford last season, I think, was a bit of a, was a real jab to the gut. You know, at that time in December and leading up to the January window when January was a really awful month. Who knows what impact that kind of had on the team, especially with the Everton game that we lost as well. So we need to make sure that we don't lose that game. Just make sure we don't lose the game. Uh, Teng Wang says, love the show last night, Tom. Congrats on the first press duty. Thanks, mate. really appreciate that. Uh, Lynn says, Tom, these pundits who annoy Arsenal fans don't realise they will give them more support to the club. They probably do, Lynn. <laughs> You know, they probably do know what they're doing. They probably do realise that it actually um, invigorates the Arsenal fan base to support ourselves more. But it also gets the little clicks, little clicking. You know, it's just part of what it does. Uh, Mickey says, hi, Tom. I'm very confident about Sambi in midfield. If we keep it compact with good runs into the space and still control the games while we wait for Partey, the experience could be creating a beast with Sambi. And this is a really good point. And someone tweeted me yesterday something I think I'd said ages ago, which was, you know, People have said a long time, Sambi's not ready yet. He's not ready to play. He's not of the level yet. I'm sorry. The only way that Sambi becomes ready is by playing. He needs to play. And if he's playing, he's going to be getting closer to the player that we know that he can be, the player that got him this move, the player that earned him captaincy at Anderlecht, a teenage year. You know, that's what we need for him. We need minutes. We need time in big games. We need these experiences. So I'm looking forward to hopefully seeing what Sambi brings to the fold. Um, thank you so much to the over 800 of you that are listening. Uh, we are going to round things off there. I'll be back tomorrow morning and this evening at nine o'clock for a preview of tomorrow's game against Manchester United. Do make sure you tune in. Drop a like on the video. Subscribe to the channel if you are indeed new around here with those notifications turned on so you never miss a show. It's been a genuine pleasure to join you as it was across the entire transfer window and the morning shows are going nowhere. Thank you everybody that joined us last night. If you want to go and watch last night, live show in North London, East London, North London, Ridley Road Social Club, um, then do indeed make sure uh, that you go over to the Gooners pod. I will share it on your timelines on YouTube, so it should come up. Um, go and watch it. It was a really good show, really insightful, really interesting, and uh, a lot of money was raised as well. Thanks for tuning in, and as always, up the Arsenal.
It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates are around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your delivery. You in? At participating restaurants 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.